Vacation Bible School, man. You know, uh, I think the worship team shows you the importance of Vacation Bible School, right? You look at the age of some of those young ladies that are up on the stage, right? Being able to, to use their gift and play an instrument. Uh, to me, like all of that starts with something like Vacation Bible School. For, for some many kids, uh, I'll tell you, and living in a dynamic area you live in, some of you have never been quite exposed to the, entire, the entirety of a Beaufort County. Uh, for some of those kids, maybe the first time they've been loved. When they come in the doors of a church like this, it'd be the first time they've seen love in their life. Fact. It'll be, it'll be for some of them, uh, first time they ate today when they come in doors of a church. That is the county we live in. It is where we live. And why does it matter is because, again, what are we commanded to do, right? Just love. So for us, Vacation Bible School becomes one of those outreaches where, hey, we get to welcome all kinds of strangers, all kinds of visitors in with open arms, and we get to just sit here, simply sit here and love on them and be a great example of just what is Christ's love in our life all the way down to their life. So uh, if you're interested in it uh, after church, please stop by the Information Center. Do you like to volunteer? By all means, please sign up, be part of this team. It's great. As you can see, it's a disaster of a mess. So we need all hands on deck to clean up now. Uh, but no, the, the more hands, the merrier with the kids, right? Just so that we can just simply rotate them through and, and present just a great atmosphere and a time for while they're here. Uh, kids, make sure that uh, you remind your parents to get here. I was sitting there looking at my phone last night like, oh man, when is vacation Bible school? Make sure I didn't book a flight on that day. But yeah, I'm good to go. So we'll be, we'll be good on it. But um. Hey, I, I'm excited to be here as uh, Bennett Kazanave, if you don't know him, that is uh, your pastor, Daniel Kazanave, one of his sons, pretty much in his words, man, they called in the bench warmer. So I'm up this week, uh, Pastor Daniel is in the back. He is uh, with Bridge Kids, and it uh, gives me a chance to be with you out here uh, from this stage and from, from this era of the church. And uh, I'm going to try to set my phone up. The Formula One race is on right now. No, I'm just kidding with you again. But just make sure y'all paying attention. Hey, uh, this week, I, I'm going to speak to something that is near and dear to my heart, right? And uh, I'm going to speak to you on the comfort crisis, redefining your heart, right? And, and, and some of you may look the other way when I say this, and, and you may not really appreciate what I have to say, but it's biblical. It is biblical that comfort is not part of God's calling in your life, I promise you. That living in comfort is not part of God's calling in your life. And we will walk down the Bible, we will share stories, and I would love for someone to say, you are crazy, that is not true. God wants us to live comfortable and free and at peace and in my home. I don't need to talk to strangers. I don't need to do hard things. That's what God has called for me in my life. I can't wait to find that one in the Bible, right? Um, but for me, you know, redefining hard has been much of my life, honestly, and it's been able to to help me be who I am and, and where I'm at in life. And, uh, you know, some of my greatest mentors in my life define hard nonstop physically and mentally, right? They want to push their body to the limits physically, mentally, and emotionally to the point of can they break it? Can they break themselves, right? Uh, and, and some of you that are on social media ever heard the names kind of run wild? You know, you, you've got these guys out there like by the name of, uh, uh, so I'll try to hit some, some name, maybe like Cameron Haynes, right? An Under Armour sponsored athlete. The guy runs a marathon every day of his life. Every day of his life runs a marathon. There's a young gentleman that you would have not a clue of. He started running 1,853 days ago and has never ran less than five miles in 1,853 straight days, all right? Uh, we've, we've broken it into these other things where, you know, some of you have seen like all this stuff that gets blasted on social media about like cold therapy and hot therapy, right? People get in buckets of ice, Right? And there's actual research and science to support the why, but they'll submerge themselves in 30-degree water. Right? And uh, there are physical 
ramifications from doing something like that. But if any of you have never jumped in 30 degree water, it ain't physical. <laughs> it's, it's right here where it's at. The physical is whatever. The body's just cold. Your mind, when you get in 30 degrees, you're thinking to myself, what am I trying to do, right? Like, let me get out of here. My wife and I remember it was, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, I got put 120 or 150 pound bag, pounds of ice in our bathtub, filled it up, and the water got down to about 34. And uh, Christy, and if you don't know her, my wife, that's the one that was singing from right here, uh, hops right up in it, sits right there for five, six minutes, doesn't flinch right? Just breathes, goes to a different place. I can tell you, I, I kind of work in that area for my life. When I see something like that, I'm already pinging you into the category of I need you on my team because I know you can handle hard things, right? And your mind's not going to give up on you. So for me, the comfort crisis redefining your heart and you say, well, dang, what does all that got to do with church on a Sunday morning, right? Is because I believe we've gotten really comfortable at being a Christian, right? And, and, and this Christian calling of comfort, Man, you think about our church right here, right? Man, we got lights, we got air conditioning. I mean, my goodness, somebody would leave the church if the air conditioner wasn't on. It'd be, if the church didn't have AC, it'd be room for somebody to, to cancel their membership, right? They'd be like, I ain't going to church. They ain't got any air conditioning. Are you kidding me? Right? Uh, I mean, we have come pretty far on an area of comfort in Christianity. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing, right? And I know uh, Amanda, Daniel's wife, was recently down in South America at church where church is dirt floors, Cinder block buildings, and it's hotter than here. And, and what's always a, very interesting to me is that oftentimes when you go to some of the most extreme environments with the extreme conditions without comfort, they're some of the most worshiping people you ever meet in your life. Right? I, I remember an African pastor once said when they were talking about all he was doing through Africa, I mean, just incredible transformations in the people, right? And just knocking it out the park, right? Of just like, man, preaching the gospel, heart change, mind change, people change. And he was like, How, why? What, why, why? How are you doing it? And, and again, African preacher, you know, again, he gets to just see the display per se of North America. He said, you know, he said, because I believe the difference between you and I, he said, in my country, we worship God. In your country, you study God. Right? And I was like, oof, pretty good, right? I mean, you, you got to think about it. I mean, we've written some long books trying to figure out who wrote a book of the Bible, right? And, and, and dissected it 142 pages and chapters. Wow, but are we worshiping the God that we're trying to dissect about the book of the Bible? Um, and I believe a lot of that has just led to comfort, right? I mean, it, it is just nature of the beast. Like I said, air conditioning is an easy one. We, if, we, if our car, the air conditioner goes out, we cease fire. I'm dialing 911 to figure out who can see my car right now because I don't have air conditioning, right? We, you're crazy. You are crazy. Hey, you think about, I mean, you watch the past two years of what a crisis, quote unquote, right? No matter which way you want to spin my quotation, a crisis happened in America, right? We saw shortages on shelves. We saw inflation has skyrocketed. We've seen uh, you know, a pandemic that was coming through, right? And, and why such anger and emotional response was, was displayed from this? Why? Because people's comfort was disrupted. There is nothing that happened, right? And, I am, and trust me, I am being very respectful to the fact that, that, that people got sick. What I'm saying is there is nothing that happened that the person can't handle, Right. I, I don't care if the government says oh, you got to stay in your house for 48 hours. Uh, we're quarantining. OK. It ain't that hard. Right. Like there is nothing that happened that was that hard. But you watched a country go to shambles. 
I mean, my goodness, people's comfort gets disrupted. And all of a sudden, there becomes a very interesting response, right? So today, I'm going to start with just kind of why, why are we speaking on comfort? What is, where, where do we see it in the Bible a little bit? We're going to dive into the Bible in 1 Peter, uh, and, and we're going to come back around. And my three points today are simply what I've already told you. The comfort, the crisis, redefine your heart. That's it. Easy day, right? We ain't studying God. We're going to worship God, right? So we, we're going to get right into it. But why comfort? Why is it important? Why do we care? What has it done to us? Where have we gone from it, right? And, and we think about it, like, think about the simplicity we have found in task, right? This, the simplicity that we need now in a task where, you know, Amazon's got its robot up, you know what I mean, uh, where I can deliver something to, my, to somebody in my family through Amazon's robot, like whatever. Anybody remember that robot's name? I've seen the commercial one time. Anybody remember its name? Whatever it was, Roby. Hey, Roby, come here. And it's got voice recognition. So, yes, Mr. Jason. Hey, take this to Christy. Okay, Mr. Jason. And it goes and takes, I don't even got to get off the couch. I can sit right there on the couch, open my mouth. I ain't got to do nothing, right? Just simply drop a little bit of it. It, it, it. Think about it, lawnmowers, right? Think how far we've come, man. People got 0.01 of an acre riding, with a rotten lawnmower. My gosh. All right? Yeah, absolutely. You ain't kidding, man. I'm going to zero turn this thing five times, put it back in the garage. I'm going to call it a day. Right? I mean, you think about it, man, the air of a kid. My kid, I got a 15-year-old son. I've got a 16-year-old daughter, a 13-year-old daughter. I put them on grass. They look at me like I just put them in slave camp. How you want me to do what? We'll pick up the leaves once a year, and I mean, they're ready to, for mutiny, right? Like, can we get a new dad? You ain't it. Cars, right? Think about it, man. We got to the point where people have maids, people have butlers. People don't even cut their, cook their own food no more. You know, and then, and then unfortunately, business is business. People thrive on your comfort, right? People thrive on your comfort. Uh, all of a sudden, they're going to, to McDonald's, right? Like, hey, I can get in, $5, get my lunch, and get out. I'm there, right? I'm there. I, I sent a post. Uh, I would read it to you all, but it, we'll, we'll, get, we'll jump in a rabbit hole. Probably I would, but it just talks about <laughs> choosing the bicycle or McDonald's and to realize that the bicycle did nothing. The bicycle did nothing, right, for the development of the economy, right? Because they don't buy cars, they don't buy gas, they don't use public transportation, they don't need to buy a parking spot, they don't need to do all these things. But McDonald's, you got to drive there. You got to fill up your car with gas to get there. It brings in lots of doctors long term. It brings in a whole pharmaceutical system, right? Like, choose your bicycle or choose your McDonald's, right? Comfort. And you know, but you think about it, go back to the Bible, right? And, and I mean, think about how much, like all these things that are just normal play for us today, when, this, when, when, when God's word was written, didn't exist. People walked hundreds and thousands of miles for God's calling in their life. For some of us, man, we'd have a hard time driving two miles for God's calling in our life. But they'd walk hundreds of thousands of miles. People would die on these journeys. People would die. It meant their life. They would go into famine, right? We've read Jesus 40 days, 40 nights, right? Fasting, right? If we took food away from the North American culture and told you to fast for 96 hours, you'd say, I'd kill you. I've been told you can't go four days without you. Are. Come on, man. Come on. You don't think this human body is that, is that good? Let's, come on, right? All these things that you've been tricked to believe into this comfort crisis of like, if I don't have it, I can't perform. If I don't have it, I can't do it, Right? And, and it's amazing to me to think back about, like, man, just the, the amount of discomfort that is written about in the Bible that we overlook, 
we go to the end of the story, to the highlight reel. Right? Wow, he did great for God. But we didn't talk about he was thrown in prison 32 times, beaten 84 times, starved 22 times, and then his head was chopped off. Hmm? I mean, it, it will test your comfort for Christianity. But why? why? Why have we dove into comfort, right? Is it because it's easy? Is it less stress, right? Is it time savvy, the effectiveness? Uh, we get more done with, with being comfortable sometimes with all that we've been able to introduce in life. And I agree with you. Yes, right? I tell anybody all the time, I continue to hustle in my life and work in my life to eliminate stressors in my life. That is fact, right? When people say, well, why do you want to make more money? Because I want less stress in my life for certain things. That's it. That's what I do. That's my why. But we have to be careful with how far the comfort goes, right? So, but then we say, well, okay, well, hard. Right? So you're telling me hard is good for me in my life. Is it, right? I'm rhetorically, I'm saying you're looking at me going like, where's this fool going right? with all these hard things in my life? Are you telling me it's good hard? And I've told you before, I've got a comfort in my gym at the house. Or excuse me, a, a poster in the gym at my house. right? And it says, comfort is a slow death. Prefer pain. Right? Like, I try to build my mind on that. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. Right? I want to challenge myself, man. Are you up for the task? Right? You can ask my kids, I'm a little OCD on it, right? But I mean, let's get out there and get it. Is, what is it, 110 degrees? Let's go try to run 20 miles in it real quick, right? Can I do it? Am I going to die? What's going to happen, right? Let's redefine it. Oh, man, who's that, strange, who's that people that need help? Oh, man, let's go see if they need help. I don't know them. Cool, let's go see if they need help. I was on an airplane this week. I was telling a couple of them. I got stuck on the, on the runway with a rookie move for two hours because of a lightning storm. We're about to take off. Now, mind you, I'm going to land in Savannah about 2.30 in the a.m. Uh, should have been, I mean, I'm talking, I'm on delay central, right? We're trying to take off. This dude just keeps hitting the call button. Pop, 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 right? Call button. And the stewardess is freaking out. Everybody's tired. Everybody's grumpy. She's like, sir, we are going to turn the plane around and you're getting off, right? And I'm thinking to myself, no, we are not turning this plane around. And no, we, he is not getting off because I'm going home, right? So, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what's going on? All the guy wanted was a drink and he's not sitting in first class. I was like, look. To give him my drink. I'm no, I don't drink anything on these planes except my water bottle. Give him my drink. I don't care. I'm not turning around, right? Like, he was about to mess with my comfort, right? But it was also hard because she was in a very interesting place, right? And that was her strategy. You don't want to listen? Cool. Whip the plane around. I'm not hating on her. I get it, man. Rule's a rule. But again, these hard things become very interesting because this is what I've learned about hard, though. Hard, hard is subjective and hard is individualistic. My heart is not your heart. Your heart is not my heart. Right. Uh, if it was something physically, I may say, hey, go run a mile. Some of you may be like, oh, my gosh, that's hard. Somebody else may be like, oh, any day. I might say, hey, do 50 push-ups. I may be like, oh, that's easy. Let's say, gotcha. Right. Then it comes to, hey, go share the gospel with that group over there that you have no idea who they are. Some of you are going to be like, Shoot. Others are like, oh, man, I love people. I love people. Right. So hard is subjective and it's individualistic and, and your Christian walk is no different. Right. Your comforts are your comforts. And as we about to deep dive it, right, is about what we're about to get into is what are your comforts that are creating a crisis that you need to redefine hard on? That is the point. Right. Because if we go to the Bible, I want you to think about comfort in the Bible, man. Once you think about comfort, where did comfort lead Peter? Where did comfort, when Peter when it got tough? Do you know this man? What did Peter say? Sure don't. Why? Because Peter was about to get real uncomfortable. Why? Because he saw Jesus' life about to get taken. So what did Peter say? Negative. I'm not that hard. 
And that's way too hard. So what did Peter, where did, where did he go from there? Where did Jesus find him again? Anybody remember the end of the story? They found him fishing again, right where he came from. Why? Because it got real hard and Peter was real comfortable with being a fisherman. So what did Peter say? I'm going back to the comfort zone and I'm going to live in my comfort. And what did Jesus say? I'm going back to your comfort zone and I'm going to find you again. Right? Comfort will create a crisis in your life. Right? Think about Paul. What in the world is comfortable about Paul's life? Think about his conversion. Think about how many of us would have a very hard time trusting the Lord God, your Savior, when my conversion to Christianity is I'm blind. Read the story. Soon as, soon as, as soon as it came in front of Paul, Paul went blind. And Paul instantly had to follow a calling in his life that was very uncomfortable. You need to go find X. So wait a minute, I just met the Lord God, your Savior in my heart, my soul, the, the, the greatest lover ever, and I'm blind? And this is going to be the calling in my life? What, what am I following? Right? And think about just all the layers of hard struggle in Paul's life. Right? The Bible shows you comfort is not in the calling. It doesn't mean that you're, you're going to be the Paul or the Peter. But what it shows you is Comfort is often what you knew before you knew God. And comfort is often what you is the last thing for you to release in your calling from God. I, I had a, a you know, we, we have a lot of highlight items right now. Trust me, I ain't gonna be that, I ain't gonna be that guy up here. Um, we got a lot of highlight items in our time right now. I'll name a few, right? The the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Uh, LBGT community, uh, good gosh, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, I mean, we, we, I mean, there are some highlight real things happening, right? And if you think about it, for the Christian, it's making you very uncomfortable if you really want to make a difference, or it's going to make you very comfortable if you just want to put out a social media post, but you don't want to have a conversation, Right? And what I've learned through the Bible in, in transformation and in the power of uncomfortableness is it's not from this stage right here where the power of the gospel is going to be found to transform lives. It's in the power of one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's going to be in the power of walking with someone. It's going to be in the power of loving someone who you don't understand why they do that. It's your job to love them. Right? 100%. Like, right? There, there's judgment in Christ and in love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, that's what everybody likes to go to, though, with love on the backdrop. Right? I'm going to make a lot of statements. Right? But, but I always say this. The way you treat people, would you love your children the same? Would you love your sibling the same? Would you love your mother the same? Because people always go, oh, judgment in Christ, judgment in love. Right? But, but the things they say, I'm like, man, you wouldn't say it to your kid. And you're saying it to strangers. How is it love? You don't know them on that level, but you're comfortable to stand here and say it to them because if they fire it back at you, all of a sudden you get real uncomfortable when they tell you why. It is not easy. That's why I'm telling you it's uncomfortable. It is hard sometimes to walk with people and understand why they do the things they do or to understand the decisions they make, and then you're called to love them through it. I always tell people, I preach or speak from my weaknesses. Right. Because I have been judged by the Christian love a couple of times in my life. 
And I can tell you, if I didn't have a relationship with God, I wouldn't be at church on a Sunday morning the way I was judged by Christian love. Fact. Right? Because people in their pursuit of comfort can make the lost very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Because you're afraid to get uncomfortable, right? But you got the greatest comfort of all time, God, in your corner. So my whole point here is let's dive into the Bible with this. And let's talk about pain. Let's talk about suffering, right? Because the whole point of the message is I want you to identify what are the comfort areas in your life that are causing a crisis in your Christian walk and calling, right? Because there is something in our lives, guilty, that we will not give up a comfort on that is preventing some part of the calling of our lives. It is just who we are. So like I said, Peter, I love Peter. Man, people always talk about, man, I'm the Paul. I'm the, you know, I love Paul. I mean, I love Peter because Peter messed it up all the time, right? I mean, you know, he just constantly messed it up. And it's like, man, if that isn't me, right? But, but Jesus's love and comfort always came and found him. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I love it. So as we, as we, as we dive into it, right, if you got your Bible with you this morning, on the screen, I've got 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, I've got NIV on there. And, and again, I don't like doing this, but I wanted to this morning. You can read along NIV. I'm going to try to trail it. I'm, I'm coming out of this morning, um, the message. And the reason being is just I, I like some of the wording that was used here. But I, of course, I love, obviously, God's word in general. But you can see some of the difference in plays, but I want to read through this. I'm in First Peter chapter 4, verse 1. It says, since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more. Say it again. Since Jesus went through everything you're going. Now, again, context is everything, right? We got Peter. Again, another debate that we've written a couple books about over who wrote Peter, right? But uh, again, we've got this conversation having context is everything. And obviously, this is spoken to a group. But I just, again, if it was spoken to you, since Jesus went through everything you're going through. Okay. Gotcha. Good Lord. Oh, <laughs> man. Let's get uncomfortable. And more, learn to think like him. I can tell you right now, if I was going to highlight anything in this whole passage, it'd be right there. Learn to think like him. I think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. My goodness gracious, right? Whoo, good Lord's calling interrupt my day. We better be careful on this one. Hold up one second now. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. You can stop. Sunday service is over. I'll see you next week. That's it right there. Think about it. Think about it. What he's saying right here. Free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized. Tyrannized by what you want. Doesn't say need. Want. You've already put in your time in the God-ignorant way of life. Come on now. Amen. Partying night after night, a drunken and profligate life. Now it's time to be done with it for good. Of course, your old friends don't understand why you don't join in with the old gang anymore, but you don't have to give an account to them. They're the ones who will be called on the carpet and before God himself, right? There's a great one. And young people in the room, man, that, that, that's the trickiest part. That is the trickiest part when you're young is my friends, my friends. They're not, they don't, my, my friends, it's tough. I have empathy for it. Been there, done that. I have empathy for it. Listen to this message. It was preached to those believers who are now dead. And yet, even though they died, they will still get on the life that God has given in Jesus. 
everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love highlighted again. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Mm. Love each other like your life depended on it. Boy, that's a good one right there. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. The way God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. On course to the end of time, oh yes. I'm going to keep reading because there's only a few verses left, but I, but I want to stop right there. I'm, man, love, love, love like Jesus. That can take you to some of the most uncomfortable times you will ever be in in your life right there, to love like Jesus. I want you to think about some of the stories that, that Pastor Daniel told us this week, right? I mean, you had a husband and wife, wife running off into prostitution, and, and obviously that means she's having a relationship with other men, just not you. And, and what's the answer in North America right now? If that happens, what's the answer? Divorce! That's some deep love. Yeah, your house is your house, not my house, and I'm not here to judge anybody, because guess what? I've got a divorce, in case you didn't know. Right? Completely not proud of it. But I can tell you, I never understood what it meant to love either at that point in time in my life. Because relationships are built on love. They are not built on actions. Because if you build them on actions and you're waiting for the action to lift you up every day of your life and you're waiting for those, those moments of just verification by the action, oof, right? because then that means every action that's against your course of thought is just going to drop you in the pits. Right? Love like Jesus will make you more uncomfortable than you've ever been in your life. And that doesn't, they, they understand, that didn't have a left or right lateral limit. That says, love like Jesus, but if they believe or if they do, didn't have a but, didn't have a dot, dot, dot to be continued, didn't have a comma, and to love like Jesus. has been the most challenging task in my life, right? And I still fail it all the time. I always, I, I, and you know, I'm, I'm judgmental too, in case y'all didn't know that, man. I, I don't know if any of y'all judge people, man, I'm judgmental sometimes, but it's like you, you go by and you see somebody with a flat tire, you see a little old, you know, uh, I don't care, young, old, whatever. Man, you see somebody broke down in the middle of the road. All I hear is horns blaring, people riding by, screaming out the window, getting hoo-wee. I, I guess none of them people say, that must be that love like Jesus except when you're late to work, right? Love like Jesus except when people are, are disrupting your time flow. Love like Jesus except when, when people are ruining your day. Love like Jesus except when, uh, they're not doing what you want them to do. It's tough. It's uncomfortable. Mm, is it uncomfortable? Is it uncomfortable, right? And as we keep reading right here so that we can hit the three points before noon, verse 12, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you were in the very thick of what Christ experienced. Woo-wee! 
This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the spirit of God and his glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. If they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. Thank you, good Lord, for the clarification right there. Don't be trying to steal something in the good Lord's name. You know what I mean? Don't be trying, don't be trying to play the game. He just got you right there. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Right. It says, but if it's because you're a Christian and give it to a second thought, be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. I'm going to come back to that in a second. It's judgment time for God's own family. We're first in line. If it starts with us, think what it's going to be like for those who refuse God's message. If good people barely make it, what's in store for the bad? So if you find the life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust him. He knows what he's doing and he'll keep on doing it. I don't know if there's an, a, a, a more perfect piece of the Bible that says life's going to be suffering and uncomfortable in God's calling for you. It's going to be filled with stuff that will not make sense. It's going to be filled with stuff that hurts. It's going to be filled with pain and sorrow and tears, right? The comfort crisis that we live in is we believe if we make it when we find it easy, Right. That's the comfort crisis. That is that is the crisis and comfort is when you believe that I can come in here, sit in the cushion chair and my 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 weekly service as a Christian is checked off the box. That's the comfort crisis right there. I'm going to call it for what it is. And people can get mad at me. Trust me. That's why Daniel only lets me come up here once every so long. I'm going to say I'm going to tell you what I feel. I'm going to tell you what I feel. I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. Man, I watched a lot of good Sunday Christians. Right. And it ain't nothing against Southern Baptist. I'm just telling you what type of church I went into. Some of you just judged me right there because I said Southern Baptist. <laughs> it's not about it's not about what church I grew up in. Right. But what I'm telling you is, is this is not the this is not the calling in your life is Sunday check, going to church. Check. That is not the calling in your life. And I will I, I will stand here with two feet planted with my hand on the Bible and say, I firmly believe that. There ain't a single person in this room that's a calling on your life is to come to church on a Sunday morning. And if you got another thought, God bless you. I'll listen to it, too. I ain't mad at you. Rock on. That's the beauty of free will. Think what you need to think. But I'm telling you right here, you read this book and you tell me where you think that's a calling in your life. I'll listen. I'm cool. So it comes to what's your comfort. What is your comfort, right? We put a lot of fancy terms in things nowadays, man. Introverted, extroverted. I'm a people person. I'm not a people person. Right? They become reasoning and excuses, right? They become things that we use so that we don't have to get out of our comfort. And then I can find words that make me comfortable because they validate my comfort. It's what it is. Ain't no different next size. My goodness, look at the fitness industry. I've lived it for 20 plus years. I mean, we've gone from get out there and get after it to, uh, what was that? Shake weight. You just need to hold it in your hand. (laughs) And people believe it. I think of the shake weight like I think of a lot of people's Christian walk, right? Instead of walking thousands of miles, reaching lost people and preaching the gospel, I'm going to stand here on a Sunday morning and somehow hold the Bible and believe that people are getting the shake weight out of the Bible. That's comfort, right? So, you know, I, I, I had plenty of time this week because of all my flight delays of one-on-one time, 
And I had a, a airplane Karen sitting next to me on one of my flights where I was like, oh, my Lord, I ain't gonna make it either. Because uh, my lady had the whole system figured out, wanted the whole airplane to know. But I was like, man, I got plenty of time to think about this. And I was like, I'm really uncomfortable right now with this lady sitting here. I was like, you know, so what, what, what is your comfort? What does that mean, right? And, and you think about it, what, like we talked about Peter. What was Peter's comfort? Peter's comfort, right, was the fact that he wasn't just all in with giving his life for the guy. He was, Peter was, I mean, Peter did a lot. Don't get me wrong. Up until that point of denying Jesus, he was still getting after it. I mean, he had weathered some storms. You know what I mean? I mean, Peter got after it. But it got to a certain point where Peter was like, that's it. I am not going that far in this calling. And I believe that exists in all of us, right? And again, it is subjective. It is yours. It is not mine. It is not Pastor Daniel's. What is your comfort in your life that you will not get around that is delaying? I'm going to say delaying. I'm not going to say stopping. Delaying your calling. Right. And it's not necessarily a title in ministry or per se a a position at a a church or something. It might be a comfort in a job that's leaving you in a toxic environment that is truly delaying your calling. It could be comfort in your friends. That you don't know how to exactly live for Christ in front of them yet. And I think that one's a very real one that bothers a lot of us over time, especially younger as we as we mature in Christ. Right. It's like, man, right? what's going to happen if I come up here talking about hallelujah. Right. And they're talking about like shotgun a beer. Like, how's that going to work? Just being real with you, man. I love lost people. Because I was one. So I still live with them. Right. Because what comfort also you got to be careful of comfort will have your circle looking a lot like you and only you. And I haven't seen that part of the Bible yet where I was only supposed to be around saved people. Because that's kind of what this Sunday is for, right? Where we come together as a group of people in a building, unite in Christ's name, and then we go out. So comfort can often lead to your circle looking just like you, which gives you more comfort. So maybe it starts right with like, hey, let me invite so-and-so with us. You know what I mean? Let's so-and-so to come over here with us, to come to dinner maybe. Go grab coffee with them. And again, I, I'm not getting into, I will not jump down the, the, the rabbit hole of like tactics to go get lost people because again, it's subjective. God has gifted you uniquely. I can run my mouth well. So I use that all the time to get into people, right? Just start conversations, man, and be good people. I have ridden on airplanes across this place that people tell me things that I'm like, holy cow. Love like Christ. That's it. I've got this much time. Actually, I would have probably like the, the, the tiniest dot on this floor to this entire campus of time in that individual's life. Right? So in that little dot, can I love like Christ? In that little dot. All right. So so your comfort is yours. And I and I would say that should be your challenge this week. Is what's your comfort? What's something you could move around? What's something you could work through? What's something that you could hit head on and start making incremental change? Right? Because some of the signs of comfort, and, and I'm gonna leave you this as we jump into the crisis right here, is just some of the things that sometimes it's easy from us from, from, from moving from a player in the game to the referee. 
That's a real good sign of comfort, right? What I mean by that is, is you used to be the one out there hooking and jabbing, getting after it. Now you're standing on the sidelines. Ah. Mm. Mm. Again. Mm. Mm. Again. <laughs> there goes your Christian walk, right? It's filled with mm. See, really? Oh. You the referee. You the referee. Put your striped shirt on, get a whistle. Whoop. Sin. Ten Commandment violation. You ain't a player in the game no more, man. You a player. You ain't a referee. You are a player and forever will be. It's just like me. Your desire and your passion for Christ start to burn out because you're comfortable and you can't get past the comfort. And it starts you to question things. You compromise your morals for comfort. Right? I, I get around a group of people. They've accepted me. I'm good. They've been friends for a long time. And I start just going with the flow, even though maybe I don't partake in what they're doing, but I, I just go along with it. It's okay. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to go with them. I'm loving like Christ. Duh. It's okay. They're just going to keep doing it, right? But where's the change? Where's the example, right? You know, so you, you start compromising these morals because you're afraid to get uncomfortable in that scenario. And then, and then you start to think, man, the Christian life, right, is it, it, just full of a list of don'ts. Whereas I would contend with you, the Christian life is a full of do's, right? It's not the don'ts that matter in the Christian life. It's the do's, to do love like Christ, to do love your neighbor, right? To do go out and spread the gospel, to do feed the hungry, to do lead the blind, to do, to do, not the don'ts. Don'ts are comfort, right? We already talked about it. It's the referee syndrome. But as we move into it, number two, we only got a few minutes left. Jacob, I'll call you when it's time. But the crisis, that comfort is leading to a crisis in your Christian life. It's leading to a crisis in other people's lives, right? It, it, the, the call from comfort, the call to get uncomfortable, man, will push you through the crisis and it will eliminate crisis. But the, the, the comfort factor can lead 100% of the time to the crisis. Think about it. Let me give you an easy one that's comfortable. Man, if I go out of my way to get the oil changed, and it's going to take me an hour. Oh man, I'm going to miss X, Y. I'm not getting the oil change. And you just keep doing it, right? Like I save time. I'm comfortable. The car is still running. Everything is good. What's the point? I don't see the crisis. And then, you know, X amount of years down the road, all of a sudden, what was just a simple oil change to get uncomfortable for a moment in your day is now a complete engine repair because you never saw the crisis coming. You just saw the moment of comfort or uncomfortable coming. The crisis when it comes, that's why I use that word, is a crisis, right? And then we're back into suffering. So what I'm telling you is suffering is going to occur, right? Let me, let me speed it up and press fast forward. Suffering and hardships will occur. It's whether you attack it or you wait for it to attack you. You're going to be on the offense. You're going to be on the defense, right? Like I said, I, as I continue to mature in age, man, that's why I continue to like to challenge myself with mental, emotional, and physical things because, like, what you going to do, right? Like, what, life, what you got? People, what you got? What you going to do, shoot at me? Cool, man, I got a couple of those. Like, what else we got? What are you going to do, take my money? Been there. What you going to do, fire me? Been there. What you going to do? Because Christ, the whole point of this is your comfort is in Christ. Not what you find on this earth 
to emotionally make you feel okay. That is it. When you find the comfort to know that through all hard things, the good Lord is the good Lord. And his love is true. And I will get through this with him. You figure it out. And you realize that if you listen to God's calling in your life, you never reach the end or the pinnacle of hard things. They just keep getting harder. But the reason they're not harder to you is because you started out with the first hard thing. Right? And then you just keep going. So then it becomes another thing in the life. So I'm going to close it with this. And Jacob, you could probably come. I think I'm pretty good on time too. Look at me. Redefining your hard. It's, a, it's something I'd put in quotation marks. Put it, on my, put it on my refrigerator if I was you. Put it on my, somewhere in my vehicle. Redefine your heart every day. Redefine your heart every day. Look, man, I, I love, you know, yes, I, I'm very careful with it because I'm a person. I get to make choices. You know, I, I try to live a de- decently healthy lifestyle. And the reason being, man, is, is if not, I'm going to be hit with some uncomfortable scenarios based upon my other side of choices, right? So I kind of pick my, my heart. Right? I do hard exercise or do I get hit by hard disease? Maybe I get hit by both. I don't know. My whole point is saying when you redefine your heart, right, realize what is it in your life that you are way too comfortable with? What is it in your life that is going to cause a crisis that you can't see coming? Even though I'm going to be somewhat rhetorical in that statement, you can see them coming because you know you're avoiding it. We just play dumb, so it's a great sob story. My gosh. I can't believe that. I can't believe I got fired. You've been late 22 times. What you talking about? What do you think? You're going to not get fired. I can't believe the business shut down. We ain't made money in two years. What you think? What you think? You can see the crisis. You can see the crisis coming. It's just you don't know to take that first step to get uncomfortable. Because at some point it's coming. Right. At some point, it's coming. I'm here to tell you right now, as God is my witness, you're going to have hard things come to your life. Things that will make you contemplate life. You can read about suicide in the Bible. I think I'm kidding. I challenge you to find it this week. You can read about anxiety causing people to question their livelihood. Find a story. I ain't telling you. Find it. Make you read something this week. Because I guarantee you, some of you have been there where you thought, I've had so much mental anxiety and depression that I don't know if I could live anymore. That story is in the Bible. Why do I tell you that? Because it's going to happen in some of our lives that hard things that you never thought you could beat, that you never thought you could do, that you never, you're right, because you can't. But the moment you realize it ain't about you, and through the comfort and love of Jesus Christ, ain't nothing gonna stop me. They ain't even written a movie about bulletproof that I am yet. They ain't even written a movie yet. Can't be scared got to get uncomfortable. That person you keep passing every day of your life, you know you've been saying, wanting to say something to, go say it to them. That one thing you've been avoiding to say that you haven't wanted to say I'm sorry for for about the last 22 years, go say I'm sorry. Because it's causing a crisis somewhere. I was standing outside this morning, I told Aunt Amanda, Aunt Amanda, my Lord have mercy, <laughs> the aunt to my children. Uh, I told Amanda, you know, this one, uh, Pooey, stuff like this can get me, uh, can catch me, you know, because some of the worst stories in my life, man, are not sharing the gospel. Man, I got a young kid tattooed on my arm I never shared the gospel with, and he was killed right there in front of me. 
just because I never opened my mouth and got uncomfortable. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm careful with myself now with that, right? Like, even if it's a God loves you, you're right, I don't know what to say. I don't even know. Hey, that ain't the point, man. God works on the inside. It ain't through my words I use up on this stage or with somebody else. Are you kidding me? That's why I don't spend no time coming up with one-liners. For what? God's got all the lines, right? But uh, I had a good friend of mine just in my house. Now, when I tell you this, uh, special ops guy, I mean, fought the, the nastiest of the fight in, this, in the war uh, that took place. Uh, he was at my house a few days. Man, him and I are, are uber close. Very intelligent human being, uh, just a great guy. And we've had a lot of conversation over time because my man had a hard stance on spirituality and Christianity. I'm talking hard, right? Like the first time I even brought it up was like, uh, whoo, whoa, right? Like I'm talking about like, do not, that thing was 59 feet tall. Like I ain't even got a ladder to get up on that thing to get back on the other side of it. Um, he was at my house and uh, when Roe versus Wade got overturned. And we deep, deep dove into conversation on that, you know, and uh, man, we were just talking. And anyway, this morning, again, I'm, I'm standing out there about to come up. He said, hey, good morning, brother. Wanted to take a sunny Sunday to say thank you for continuing to open my mind introspectively about what spirituality means to me. I love you, my friend. Absolutely best from my family to yours. Right. I, and I am no different, man. What I'm saying is. That could be a crisis. Of a lost soul that my comfort allowed for me never to share the gospel with. Attack, attack. Don't be on the defensive, be on the offensive. Because if you're on the offensive, when you go back to the defensive, you've already been trained there. You're good. Keep pushing. I'm going to pray for us this morning. I hope you've been blessed by God's words, not my words. I hope that your week is challenging. I hope you redefine your heart and I hope you to walk down a journey where you will look at what can I do hard in my life. But Heavenly Father, God, my goodness, are we grateful for you, God, your comfort, your love, your peace. May we may we take the words this morning. Right. May I love. May I love like Jesus. May I have empathy like Jesus. May I have peace and understanding like Jesus. I pray for everyone in this room right now that in their heart. They have been alerted to the comfort that is causing a crisis. I hope, God, that they have been alerted to the thing that they need to say I'm sorry for. They've been alerted to the thing to say I need to say hello to them. They've been alerted to the thing to say I need to move beyond that. And I hope, Heavenly Father, that as your people, we will continue to redefine our heart to continue to preach your gospel across this nation and every nation. God, may we may we not just study our Heavenly Father, may we worship you. May we lift our voices and sing. May we lift our hearts and rejoice. May we lift our eyes to you, God. May we be forever grateful that right here on this Sunday morning, you've given us this opportunity to be here. And may we take that opportunity and run with it to everyone else, Heavenly Father. I pray that as we go out this week, we just have a great week anointed by your love and your passion and your word. I pray for those that may be in this room or may listen online or may even come in contact with somebody from any of this room or this church today, Lord, that is lost. I pray that you have touched their hearts right now, Heavenly Father, that like Saul, they are blind because it is such a transformation. God, I pray for the power in your spirit. May it live in us. May it run through our veins. May we fear no evil. May we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand. We'll worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.